Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. We wanted to show that through an integrated approach, we could clean up the stormwater, conserve energy, conserve water, and create a lot of jobs, as many as 50,000 jobs, just in recovering money from the water that was being lost. Basically, these are outcomes that, at the right proportions, could make a much more sustainable city. It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. Scientists tell us that concern with the environment will no longer be just one of many issues in this new century. It will move to center stage. It will become the context of everything, of our lives, our businesses, our politics. We are, in fact, moving from the information age to the age of biology. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we salute the Bioneers, the biological pioneers who are working with nature to heal nature, honoring both traditional native wisdom and modern scientific knowledge, restoring the earth by changing the world. You may remember the old cartoon where the hapless wily coyote chases the roadrunner and corners him against a big wall. The roadrunner seems trapped, but suddenly he paints a door in the wall behind him and escapes through it. That's sort of how Andy Lipkiss began to approach the ecological wall that the city of Los Angeles had run up against. Like all cities, L.A. was built before people understood that urban environments are part of an ecosystem that has needs and rules of its own. L.A. has come to be the poster child of resource-gobbling, pollution-spewing, out-of-control megacities whose fate could be the make-it-or-break-it factor for the environment. The door that Andy Lipkiss painted on L.A.'s wall of ecological limits opened the way to showing that the biological web of life is all connected. By connecting the dots, in this case connecting drops of water, huge amounts of waste could be avoided, leaving enough money to dramatically improve the quality of life. What Lipkiss also showed was that connecting the dots of community was a real key to the equation. Join us for the next half hour as we explore connecting the drops, restoring ecology and social ecology in Los Angeles. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Andy Lipkiss is the founder and president of Tree People. He first hit the wall of L.A.'s damaged ecology as a kid. He spoke to us from Los Angeles. It literally hurt to breathe and live here. As a kid who was born and raised in the city, I used to go to the mountains in the summer. My parents would send me away to high elevation mountains to get out of the smog to an area about two hours east of Los Angeles. And I grew to love the mountains because I could actually run and play and all that, and it didn't hurt to breathe. In 1970, the U.S. Forest Service announced that that forest was dying uh, because the trees were there filtering the smog out of the air, producing fresh oxygen, and the smog was killing the trees. They said that if something wasn't done about it, that the forest, as we knew, it would be dead by the year 2000. And as a very impressionable kid, just a few months after the first Earth Day, I took that message to heart and said, well, let's start working to save this forest. And, and I started planting trees with other kids in my summer camp, and it felt so good that I just wanted to keep doing it. Uh, when 
camp was done. It was time to go back to school, and it was very hard for me to just do nothing. And so I, I managed to start working on a project to get other kids to the mountains to plant trees and to get in touch with their power to really make a change. What began as a child's dream to just plant more trees led Andy Lipkis to found the nonprofit educational organization Tree People in 1973. Today, Tree People has 55 employees and thousands of volunteer citizen foresters, and the people of Tree People have planted millions of trees. But that's only the beginning of the story. Evaluating Tree People's formidable accomplishments during its first 20 years, Andy Lipkis concluded that it amounted to little more than decorating neighborhoods and schools, rearranging the deck chairs on a sinking ship. Los Angeles isn't unlike most cities. Um, it is now 75% sealed uh, with houses, with parking lots, with freeways. We receive, in an average rainfall a year, enough water to meet half our needs. We throw that water away. The city of Los Angeles spends $1 billion a year on water. And yet it throws away half the water it needs because it doesn't recognize that rainwater has value. It also pollutes that water and sends it to the ocean. And in so doing, it creates a practically unsolvable flood problem. In Los Angeles, as in so many cities, there is poor coordination among government agencies. Andy Lipkis recognized that this lack of coordination was not only wasting taxpayers' money, but laying waste to the land, water, and air. That's when he started connecting the drops. Los Angeles's resource consumption and pollution comes from a basic design problem that stems from our ignorance of how nature works. Andy Lipkis spoke at a recent Bioneers conference. None of us understood how ecosystems work and natural systems work when we built cities. We lost that common wisdom. When I said we throw away half the water we need, that's a lot of rainfall, even in 12 to 15 inches. We have one agency on top, flood control, that spends a half a billion dollars a year to manage the flood control channels to throw away a half a billion dollars worth of water. Now, this is a portrait of unsustainable behavior, but it's what we have now. The city spends the billion dollars a year. These two agencies had never talked to each other. One is a county agency, one is a city agency, and just like national security, there is no integration, no collaboration. The rule is don't mess in each other's turf. 40% of Los Angeles' solid waste stream if you were looking at it in a forest, would be mulch, the sponge that conserves water. The third largest budget in Los Angeles is sanitation after police and fire. 40% of what we're sending to the landfills is mulch, grass, leaves, trees. They're not part of networking with anyone else. We also have a huge stormwater pollution problem. The opportunity is to bring agencies together with a vision that the city is living, to have them start collaborating. But as you can imagine, that's not an easy task. They don't want to. In order to prove that it was viable, we brought a bunch of different agencies together, got them each to contribute some money so they believed in the results we were producing, and went out on a five-year study. We wanted to show that through an integrated approach, we could clean up the stormwater, control floods, conserve energy, 
conserve water, improve air quality, reduce the waste stream, improve human health, and create a lot of jobs, as many as 50,000 jobs, just in recovering money from the water that was being lost. Basically, these are outcomes that, at the right proportions, could make a much more sustainable city. What we needed to do was bring the people from all these agencies together to do collaborative planning, where they each got to be and see themselves as a manager of the ecosystem, where the architects, landscape architects, and engineers actually each had veto power over a plan. So instead of one or the other becoming an enemy, they had to collaborate. The result was we came up with designs for retrofitting all major land uses in L.A., Each land use had to cut water imports by 50%, trap and use the water from a 130-year flood on site. Why that is because that overpaving the city, we had created a flood problem that was so huge that the county and the Army Corps planned to spend another half a billion dollars to increase the size of the L.A. River in order to hold a 130-year flood. So we said, let's design it so we can keep those waters on site and not need the river to be expanded. Biologists say the surest way to heal an ecosystem is to connect it to more of itself. But Lipkis found that restoring the ecology first required restoring the social ecology. It meant building community by connecting all the fractured agencies and people, too. The historic collaborative planning effort went well, resulting in the publication of a design manual called Second Nature. But to move the bold effort forward, it was first necessary to prove the physical concept on the ground. It all started with one single-family home. After installing new systems to capture, clean, and store water, a design team used a water truck and fire hoses to simulate a flash flood. Instead of water running off the property into the street or storm drains, the systems worked. The full deluge was all captured, treated, absorbed, or stored for later irrigation use. What happened from there is the agencies who had been resisting this that we'd even had to take to court actually saw that this was possible, that people could change their lives and could be relied on to be partnered with. And they basically apologized for not understanding and said they think we cracked the problem. They brought us a massive flooding problem in L.A.'s San Fernando Valley. It's a watershed, not a natural one, but one formed by lack of flood control. 2,700 acres, 9 miles long, 8,000 homes. The county planned to put in a storm drain for $42 million to get rid of that rainfall. They said, if we can take your economics, your engineering, and prove it in this watershed, you've got our money. And that took two and a half years. We did it. Well, it gets better. It wasn't just the county flood control agency. They said, who should be at the table? We brought in the water supply people, water quality people, sanitation people, did the analysis. It's not going to cost $42 million to do this. It's going to cost more. Actually, it may cost between 100 and $200 million now. But there's $400 million in benefits if we do this, including parks, including $172 million worth of water back in the ground, including $44 million savings to the city of Los Angeles over 30 years just in not having to pick up green waste, not having to drive trash trucks and fill landfills. 
Under the leadership of the county, tree people, the various agencies and the community set out to test the economic and technical feasibility of the Sun Valley Project in the San Fernando Valley. Within two years, they succeeded and immediately began to plan how to retrofit the whole community as a watershed. Following the completion of the plan and an environmental impact report, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors certified the plan, which included a $200 million budget. In late 2004, construction began. Following the initial success of the Sun Valley Project in the San Fernando Valley, the City of Los Angeles started an integrated resources planning effort that was similar but larger in scale. The problem was wastewater. Part of the solution was people working together and treating what had previously been isolated, single-purpose bureaucratic missions as a cooperative effort to manage the city as a whole ecosystem. Again, Andy Lipkis. What's great about it is it involved 125 community leaders or stakeholders from all over Los Angeles, from environmental groups to the more conservative taxpayer organizations and apartment owners association and building industry association, people who are not usually on board for environmental causes and certainly not uh, supportive of more taxation. But the result of this planning process was that the city was able to take an entire $4 billion sewage treatment plant off the books, replaced with a distributed system of retrofit homes and schools and parking lots all over the city. It wouldn't be a pure savings of $4 billion, but those same dollars would then get reinvested in community greening and sustainability retrofit. A big chunk of that money will be available to retrofit schools. And so now we're working with the city and the school district to figure out how to spend maybe a billion dollars to help green the schools, which so badly need it. This integrated resource planning showed how doing the right ecological thing saved money by radically reducing waste. That opened a door in the conceptual wall of scarcity and opened other doors, starting with greening schools and engaging youth. More when we return. This is Connecting the Drops, Restoring Ecology and Social Ecology in Los Angeles. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. Andy Lipkis compares schools to being the human equivalent of tree nurseries, in which we want to give our seedlings the best possible hope for a life that will produce good, strong trees. Yet in Los Angeles, he says, we've been raising millions of kids in hot, barren, ugly, depressing, and toxic environments. But back in the 1990s, when budgets were tight, L.A. school systems said it just doesn't make economic sense to design greener school environments, and they couldn't afford the gardeners. Lipkis and tree people soon proved otherwise. But viable economics were only one of the benefits that emerged. 
Again, Andy Lipkis. We have the chance to make every school a learning laboratory uh, because every school has the possibility of stripping out asphalt, capturing the water, being greened, uh, and being treated. Tree people, in cooperation with the various agencies, have actually made two very large demonstration projects, one in the north part of Los Angeles and one in the south, uh, where we've taken schools with flooding problems, captured the water, and in one case, because the soils are right for this, we've taken the water and put it in a huge infiltration system underground, where nearly a quarter million gallons of water gets filtered and put into the ground to recharge the aquifer. On the surface, that school has now a beautiful soccer field, lovely shade trees, a track, two outdoor classrooms. The kids helped design this. They actually went out, took measurements, identified where the flooding problem was, where the pollution problem was, brought the community together and shared their dreams. And then the engineers and architects listened to those dreams and helped take those ideas and put them into a plan. And then uh, our Department of Water and Power put up the funding and we built this beautiful thing. In the south part of the city, uh, in another school, we were just finishing a long project that put a 120,000-gallon cistern under the schoolyard. Similar problem with lots of runoff that was crossing a bus and teacher car parking lot where all the runoff from the campus was going to be inoculated with pollutants. In this case, we picked up the water. It goes through a filter and then into this large cistern, and that water then supplies all the irrigation water for the whole campus. Lipkis and Tree People created an entire curriculum called Schoolyard Explorers that turns kids into watershed managers. In the process, the young people get to use science and math skills to document where water goes, where it's being wasted or polluted, and where there's too much heat and sun. Skin cancer is now epidemic in North America, and planting trees strategically in schoolyards is a real practical response to preventing skin cancer. As Lipkis points out, kids can lead, after all. They led Tree People's massive L.A. recycling program, which is now the biggest in the country with almost 800,000 homes. But kids also grow up to become tomorrow's citizens. And that, says Lipkis, is a direct factor in why the citizens of Los Angeles bucked every national trend against raising taxes. In late 2004, they passed a historic half-billion-dollar water bond. In California, we're required to have a two-thirds voter majority to approve any bond measure. Stunningly, L.A. voters passed it by 78%, a higher margin than any ballot initiative before. Well, why did that happen? If you look back, it becomes really, really clear. First of all, tree people and other groups like Heal the Bay have been conducting public education for years, and so people were aware that our bay was polluted and wanted to see clean water. Second, and this is where we start going to the deep work and behind the scenes, Tree People's Environmental Education Program has been going for 30 years, has reached nearly 2 million kids over that time, and many of them are now voters and parents and active citizens. And so they have a much deeper understanding and appreciation for the environment than people did in the past. And so they were willing. The third and most important thing is for the last four years, the city of L.A. conducting this planning process, this stakeholder management process, it's been a profound education process. So we've been working quietly with them to facilitate understanding and deep understanding of the economics 
and the technical side, such that the people who often oppose tax and bond measures this time didn't oppose it and in many cases supported the bond measure. In fact, when the city stormwater bond came out, there was no opposition. Very interesting. At the very same time, the city and the county had another tax measure for police. And that failed because the taxpayer groups opposed it. With the water bond, shockingly, they supported it. Why? Because they understood that this is about their family's health and about everyone's health. And they understood that a greater upfront expense was going to save money in the long term. So what paid off here was the deep education process, long-term with kids, long-term with community. And what we're seeing is a breakthrough formula for moving vitally needed programs forward in a political environment where it looks impossible to do this. Andy Lipkiss recognizes that doing the impossible can just be a matter of shifting perception of what's possible. What's now emerging from Los Angeles, that notorious poster child of environmental unsustainability, is serving as a beacon for other cities whose problems may have seemed impossible, too. The lesson from Los Angeles is applicable all over this country and, in fact, in cities all over the world because nearly every single city is starting to confront a major infrastructure crisis. Their water supply infrastructure, their stormwater, watershed, flood control infrastructure are all overtaxed and breaking down. The same with their sewage infrastructure. All of these are all being planned and managed from separate agencies, so they're almost like they're in their own little wormholes, and they're all about to emerge with major demands for more funds to fix these problems. The U.S. EPA a couple years ago identified $280 billion worth of needed water supply and wastewater fixing in U.S. cities. Well, as these start to emerge in this current climate where we're losing so much money to war and other stuff like that, it's going to become a crisis. How do we possibly pay for it? People want it. And the good news is through the integrated approach that we've been modeling in L.A., tremendous amount of money can be saved. We can eliminate waste and duplication and move into this whole next era. The agencies here have been so responsive, it's, it's really encouraging. A couple good examples of this is when we began working with the county, the Public Works Department had the Flood Control Division. Well, they learned so much from this that they went through their own process and changed their name and their structure and their operations to integrated. They've become the Watershed Management Division. And right after that, the city of L.A. made a very similar change. So their stormwater management division became the watershed protection division. This speaks a lot of hope. What pioneers like Andy Lipkis are finding is that the solutions residing in nature consistently surpass our concept of what's even possible. A biologically based, integrated approach solves multiple problems at once. It saves money, and it creates jobs, and it fosters hope. The process that Andy Lipkis catalyzed in Los Angeles has led to a far greater understanding of how to manage cities as part of an ecosystem. Part of its success has pivoted on the engagement of citizens to become managers of their place. But 30 years ago, it all started with a child's simple act of planting trees.
when I first started this, I was chipping away at a huge mountain, couldn't even see the magnitude of it. What we've done is actually begin to change the whole nature of the system so it can operate sustainably. What we've been able to do is change just on the water side, a forest that spends over a billion dollars a year, to begin changing it from a highly destructive force to one that is more naturally healing just by using the biological models of a forest overlaid on the city. The good news is it's working because we've paid attention to science, to engineering, to economics. And so the forces that are often resistant have become part of that change because it's now in a language that doesn't threaten them, but it's one they can embrace. The biological models are really providing the answers. And it's really, really, really encouraging to discover there's no good guys and bad guys in this. It's all about learning being patient, explaining over and over again, and working together to facilitate new levels of cooperation and understanding and then implementation. There is tremendous hope that we could actually, much more quickly than ever thought possible, reverse the decline and see this healing take place. It is all connected, as the work of Andy Lipkiss and Tree People so elegantly shows. Connecting an ecosystem to more of itself brings healing. Connecting people to each other transforms disintegrated social structures into cooperative collaboration. The dream of a child spawned an urban vision of sustainability grounded in forest ecology. That vision has now spread to other cities from Portland and Seattle to London. That dream is now allowing many more children to realize their dreams for a healthy, green Los Angeles. That dream started by painting a door on a seemingly impassable wall. It opened up a future environment of hope. Connecting the Drops, Restoring Ecology and Social Ecology in Los Angeles. To find out more about the work and writing of Andy Lipkiss and all the participants in this series, and to find out more about the annual Bioneers Conference, call Bioneers toll-free at 1-877-246-6337. That's 1-877-BIONEER. Or visit the Bioneers website at bioneers.org. To become a member of the Bioneers or to buy a CD of this program, please call the same number toll-free, 1-877-246-6337. If you're listening to us outside of the United States, you can reach us by calling 505-986-0366. To read more about the work of the Bioneers, check out the Bioneers Anthology book series, which includes Ecological Medicine, Healing the Earth, Healing Ourselves, Nature's Operating Instructions, The True Biotechnologies, and Ecological Literacy, published by Sierra Club Books. The Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Osabel. Written by Kenny Osabel and Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko disc label. Additional music was made available by Samasati Music at www.samasatimusic.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. 
I invite you to join the pioneers in improving the environment by changing the world. This is program number 0605.